Megan said, Nath is still away, and we're continuing in this series of what is God saying to you, uh, to me specifically this morning, but to you also during the week. And uh, last week, Sarah spoke with us, to us, for us, uh, and it was good. It was good info. This week, I'm speaking. Next week, Megan is bringing the word, and then Nath will be back. So you've got a few more weeks of special guests. So what is God saying to me? Right now, well, there's a theme that continues to come up in my life that's been coming up for the last couple of weeks, and this this idea of soon, ooh, soon, right? It's an, it's an exciting word. I think the definition of soon is a short time, but we all know that soon is relative to whoever speaks it, right? I think I've told this story before about when we moved into our house, we got a bath for our ensuite, and I said to Susie, we'll get it and we won't get the builder to install it. I'll install it. We'll save some money. So we got the bath there and we got it into the bathroom. And Susie said, when are you going to install that? And I said, soon, right? And it took me two and a half years to install the bath so we could use it, right? And every couple of months, it'd be, when are you going to install the bath? Really soon. Soon, I've just got some other stuff that I'm going to do sooner than that. So soon. The thing about soon is it doesn't matter how far away it is, it gives you this sense that there's not a lot of time before the soon, right? It could be a year away, but if it's a big event, well, a year is not that far. Susie and I are uh, looking to buy a new car in the next couple of weeks, or months actually, probably by the end of March, start of April, which is still a few months away, but there's things we have to do in preparation for that, sell the other car, you know, all that sort of gear, and it implies we don't have a lot of time before that arrives. So although it's soon, time is pressing. Uh, Another exciting announcement, if we haven't had the chance to tell you, we apologize, it's our first time, but Susie and I are expecting a baby this year. What? Yeah, expecting, like as in we are pregnant, I'm not prophesying that. (laughs) June 30, uh, this baby, June... (laughs) I should probably tell her, actually. Uh, no, nah, yeah, we're, there's a baby coming. It's in there right now. We've seen it. Um, thank you. Thank you. Super exciting. Um, a few weeks ago, I think this is where everything really got knocked into my brain. I was enjoying one of my favorite pastimes of golf, which I assume is not going to change once the baby comes along. Uh, I am prophesying that over my life. It won't change. I'll get out at least once a week, if not twice. <laughs> With the kids, no. Uh, and so we were on the golf course and, and Susie said, you know, in six months when this kid comes, and then it was like in those movies where it's like white noise, you don't hear anything after that. And I just remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, six months is really soon. That's... It, like, it's five months now because it's been a month since then, but it's, a, it's six months, which is a, it's a fair chunk of time, but it's really soon, and I have no time to prepare, right? They say you're pregnant for nine months, which scientifically, I suppose that's correct, but by the time you start telling people, it's really soon. So this idea of soon continued to come up in my life, and what does that look like being followers of God, what does it look like to live in a, in a space of soon? Now, I'm, I'm staying pretty light this morning, so don't freak out. 
But in Revelations, surface level, careful. Revelations 22, uh, verse 7, it says, Look, I am coming soon. Blessed are those who obey the words of the prophecy written in this book. Blessed are those who, who walk in, in faith with God, who, who hold the truths of the Bible close to them and, and live in that space. Jesus said, I am coming soon. Now, soon is a relative term. Well, it's probably the most relative to God, right? A, a being who lives outside of space and time. His soon is very different to our soon. It could be a hundred years, it could be a thousand years, it could be tomorrow. Or imagine if it was tomorrow. Just imagine. But that's one of the truths that we live by, right? As, as Christians, we believe that Jesus is coming back. And he says, blessed are those who, who walk in faith, who live close to God. So the idea of soon implies we don't have a lot of time and we know that Jesus is coming. We don't know when, but we know it is soon. And so by that same logic, we, we really don't have a lot of time. Not to get too morbid, but none of us are promised tomorrow, right? None of us know what, what's going to happen today. So why would we live uh, with this mentality of I'll get to it one day, right? Right now is the time to, to do it, whatever it is. And so this morning, I have really three really practical takeaways. I promise we're not going to be here long because I'm almost done, right? One of them's not even a takeaway, it's just a footnote at the end. But I needed the three points to make the sermon work, so. Three really practical takeaways. The first of which is this. If we live in this idea of soon, soon Jesus is coming, we don't have a lot of time. Well, right now is the time to do something that's going to continue to draw us closer to God. Right now is the time to form a new godly habit. I think Nath touched on this briefly at the start of the year, but normally the new year is where we start new things. Has anyone endeavored to start something new at the beginning of this year? One person? Suze, you started something. I endeavored to, and it's, I, if I can be honest with you, it's not going well. Uh, so that's why this morning is just as important for me as it is for everyone else. So forming a new habit, we are creatures of habit, right? We, we do things every day that we don't think about. It's just a habit. It's, it's habitual. And they're typically broken into two things. We're going to get a bit sciencey this morning. Uh, Context-dependent habits and context-independent habits. Context-dependent habits are typically goal-based. It's the start of a new year. You're setting out to lose 10 kilos, Right? That's your goal. And the habit you're going to instill in your life is you're going to go for a 5K run every morning to work towards that goal. Now, say you do your run, you come home, you weigh yourself, you record how much weight you've lost. I assume that's how it works. Every day you lose weight. That's... During that time, you go on a holiday. Now, when you wake up in the morning, the last thing on your mind is getting out of your hotel room and going for a run, right? Maybe the buffet breakfast is on, 10.30. You've got to be by the pool by, you know, 11 with your running body just laid out for everyone to see. <clears throat> the last thing on your mind is about going for this run. So it's a context-dependent habit. You have to be at home in that rhythm to think about doing that. 
a context-independent habit, brushing your teeth. There's a good chance you're going to do that no matter where you are. I mean, maybe when you're on holidays, things are a bit loose, but you would say that you're probably going to brush your teeth if you're on holidays. doesn't matter where you are. It's something you just do. It's context-independent. And often, context-dependent habits can... That's a good place to start, goal-driven, because then they can often transform into independent habits. So you can do it any time of the day, anywhere. It's habitual. It just happens. There's not a lot of effort you have to put in to achieve it. So I hear you asking, well, what does that mean for me? <laughs> and what it means is we read in Romans 12, verse 2, there's a few little snippets and if you want to highlight them you can in your word I'm sure if you're an astute uh, follower of the Lord they're probably already highlighted because they're popular verses but do not copy the behaviors and customs of this world but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect so Paul is writing to the the church in Rome, the early church that still was trying to figure things out and, and figure out what being a church looked like. There were the, the haves and the have-nots, and, and Paul's writing a letter of encouragement and instruction to them to, to draw closer to God and, and to be the church. And so we read from this that although God will transform our mind intrinsically by following Him, there is power in renewing our mind. That's how we're transformed. That's how we grow. The thing about renewing your mind is that it, it takes work, it takes effort. Has anyone ever successfully, intentionally started a new habit, formed a new habit? And yeah, a couple of nods. It, it's something that takes work. It takes effort. The, the ESV version says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So this morning, I've got four really simple, easy tips that can help us to form a new habit. Now, the thing is, believe it or not, I am not a scientist. I know that that is, you know, yeah, I know. But there are a lot of really smart people out there who are scientists. And they've done a lot of research into the mind, the way it works, the way it ticks and and. They've recorded things that can help us to form new habits. And so what I'm sharing this morning is me looking into someone else's research. I make no claim in doing this research myself. And so the things I'm going to share are quite broad, but they're the easiest ones to pick up. And if you were to Google how to form a new habit, you'll probably get 100 responses in the first you know, Google page. Uh, maybe it's 30, it's not 100. But anyway, there's heaps of stuff out there. And so if what I say doesn't work for you, I encourage you to jump on the interweb and you'll find stuff that can help you to build a new habit. So the first thing is this, start small. If you are endeavoring to read a chapter of the Bible a day, start with a verse. That's the principle. Maybe a verse is probably a little bit too short because that'll take a while to build up. A couple of verses right? Start small. Combine it with something you already do. <clears throat> so if, again, you want to read a chapter, you're starting with a verse. Maybe you're a habitual tea drinker. I know my mum, and 
It's real cute, actually. The first thing mum does in the morning, right, is has a cup of tea. She can't function without it. You, when I was living at home, as soon as mum would stir in bed, dad would get up and go and put the kettle on, right? Nice guy. So this probably applies more for dad than mum. But if you're, a, if you're a habitual tea drinker, you get up and you go and turn the kettle on. You do that every morning. Well, maybe once you've turned the kettle on, you take those couple of minutes to sit and read your verse. It's something you're already doing and you're pairing it with that. And, and scientists would say that if you can combine it with something you already do, there's a more chance that it will stick. Third thing, reward yourself. Now, in the case of going for a run, rewarding yourself with chocolate at the end of the run is probably a bad reward, right? But maybe in the case of reading your Bible, you've put the kettle on, you've read your verse, your reward is that you won't have your cup of tea until you've done your reading. Really simple things, right? And, and I get that it's once you start reading a chapter, the kettle might boil quicker and you know, you'll make it work, right? But rewarding yourself for achieving the goal. So start small, combine it with other habits you already do, reward yourself. And the last thing is be firm, but fair, right? We're humans. We're trying to rewrite our brains to do something new. And so it's important to be fair with us. There's, people will say, you know, it takes 21 days, it takes 100 days, it takes a week to form a new habit. Let's take the case of 21 days, right? For 21 days, you're going to endeavor to do this habit. Every day, you're going to write down how you went. Did you do it? How did you feel when you did it? And then at the end of the 21 days, you're going to look at that and you go, all right, I did it 17 out of the 21 days. The days that I missed, why did I miss them? What was happening then? What didn't work? What did work? And then you start again. So be firm. Endeavor to do it every day. And, but don't beat yourself up if you don't do it, right? Learn from what didn't work. Right now is the time to build a new godly habit. And there's some really easy points that can help you do that. Now, it doesn't have to be. I've used the example of reading your Bible. It could be sitting down for five minutes to pray for someone, to pray for your church, to pray for your community, it could be taking time to write an encouraging message. All things that are going to draw us closer to obeying the words of the prophecy that are written in this book, being close to God in that time. So building a new habit is important, but that's sort of half the battle, right? The second point is breaking a current habit. Has anyone ever tried to break a habit before? Way harder, I think. And, and I, most people would agree with that, is that half the battle is forming new habits, but there's also a bigger part that's breaking the current habits that are maybe holding you back. Because ungodly habits creep into our lives all the time. There can be so many different things that we don't realize. Stuff as simple as being envious and jealous. Turning on... Instagram or Facebook and being envious of all of your friends that have the things that you want and just never come in your life. They're just, you're so angry because your friends have got it, but you don't. Jealousy. Being jealous that they have the things that you want and that's all you want in life. And so you just, you just get worked up about it. Gossip. 
That's an ungodly habit. Maybe there's a friend you meet up with and the first thing you do is, oi, did you hear this about such and such, right? Well, I'll tell you what. It's an ungodly habit that can creep in and, and sometimes it's stuff that you don't even realize you're doing. That's, that's the whole idea of a habit, right? You, you may not even think about it, but you might think in the back of your head, oh, I'm so keen to catch up with this person. I've got so much to tell them, right? Some more encouragement from our man Paul. 1 Corinthians 10, chapter 13. Again, Paul writing to a church that <clears throat> was unsure of some stuff. They were trying to work out what it's like to be uh, the church. And, and again, in, encouragement and, and direction from Paul says this, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so you can endure. It's fair to say that a lot of ungodly habits are born out of temptation, right? And, and it can be in ways that you don't think. Maybe the, the temptation is, is born out of wanting a coffee. So you want that coffee, so you invite your friend who you gossip with to go and get a coffee, right? That's a really super mundane and simple explanation, and, and it's probably not 100% correct. But you get, the, you get the gist. So breaking an ungodly habit, how do we do it? Well, fortunately, there are things that we can do in the same way as building a new habit that will help us to do that. The first thing is to identify what triggers that habit. If it's something, again, the example of envy and jealousy, and every time you turn on Instagram, that's how you feel, well, don't turn on Instagram. Maybe remove Instagram or Facebook. Get rid of the social media. I'm not going to do that, but someone should if they are feeling that way inclined. <laughs> know what triggers the habit. That's, that's the first thing you need to do because if you can do that, then you'll have the upper hand. You'll know what's coming. And, and if you're taking this seriously and you're really endeavoring to break that habit, well, then you'll put things in place to stop that. Replace, don't erase. You like that? Replace the habit with something else. And, and in fact, what we talked about earlier, forming a godly habit, this may be the perfect time to slot that in. Instead of in the morning, the first thing you do is pick up your phone and check your emails or turn on Facebook. If that's where, if that's a trigger for you to perform that ungodly habit, well then spend that first moment in the morning flicking to the Bible app and reading the verse of the day, right? It's, it's really simple. It's right there, set up the same as social media, but it's all good stuff for the most part. So replace it, don't erase it. it, it's, it you, you can't quit these things cold turkey for the most part. It's important to find something to substitute in there that is life-giving uh, and relationship building between you and God. There's also uh, a little bit of science involved in, and it sounds counterintuitive, but we're all human, right? And so there's a good chance that if we say today, I'm never going to do this again, there's a 
there's a good chance we'll probably do it again at some point, right? That's just human nature. Now, although we have the best intentions and we're going to endeavor to work that out of our life, there's actually science that says that if you perform that habit that you're trying to break, in the moments immediately after performing the habit you're trying to replace it with helps to rewrite the way our brain works. On one side, we're thinking about not doing this habit. We've just done it. So then straight away, we think about what we want to replace that with. And so the brain will reward us in the same way if we do the good habit. You with me so far? Thanks, Mark. So know what triggers you. Replace, don't erase. And the last one, which is probably the most important, I think, but also can be one of the most difficult, is get a friend involved. We've all heard that before. It's easier to fight a battle with a friend with us. And, and if you don't have a close friend who you feel comfortable enough to ask to be involved, well, there's a room of people right here that would love to be involved in helping you break an ungodly habit. We all care about each other and we want to see each other uh, succeed in what we do. So get a friend involved in keeping you accountable. Once a week, hey, how are you doing with this this week? Are you succeeding? Are you struggling? Can I pray for you? What can I do to practically help you? Know what triggers it. Replace it and recruit a friend. Super practical points. And I feel kind of bad because this is going to be an abrupt end. So I apologize for that. I apologize for that too. Um, It's going to be an abrupt end with a, a thought that I just want to leave you with. Just one second. <clears throat> I don't have COVID, I swear. But I also feel like I've had COVID for like a month. Like every morning I wake up and I'm like, ooh, ah, it's fine. And I'm, by the time I get to work, it's gone. <laughs> so... We're going we're gonna to use right now to start a new godly habit, to draw us closer to, closer to God. We're going to use right now to break an ungodly habit, to again, draw us close, closer to God. And this is the last thing I want to ask you this morning. Soon, things will change for all of us in one way or another. Life is fickle and, and things change every day. Now, I don't just mean death, but that will come eventually. But even circumstances that, you know, that are in our lives. Like such a, and this sounds so petty, right? I used to do my sermon prep in the mornings. That was my time. I'd get up early. I'd spend time doing it. But then we got a dog, right? This is actually why I think I'm, I'm ready for fatherhood because I've had the dog. And I'll be able to give you a really, oh, thank you so much. I'll be able to give you a really, uh, you know, in-depth review of the two of them. But anyway, as soon as I get up, the dog starts barking and I can't do anything until I let him out and then he's really needy and, and so I just can't do sermon prep in the morning. And I'll tell you what, the last couple of times I've preached have been the worst lead up to a Sunday. And, and this one in particular has been so bad. Like last night I was an emotional wreck, if I'm honest. I was anxious, I was... I just, I had no idea what to do because this week just had messed me up. 
something that I never thought would change, but it changed really soon in a short amount of time. I didn't have any time to prepare because I didn't know it was going to change. That's, the, that's what life's like. And so living with this idea of soon, a question that I think we should ask each other every single week at church is, who have you shared Jesus with this week? We've read in Revelations that Jesus is coming soon. It's written in red. It's by the big man. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed are those who obey the words of the prophecy in this book. Well, who have you shared the words of the prophecy with? Who who have you spoken to this week about God, about the life that you can live when we're following close to Jesus? What have you done this week to share Jesus in your community of people, not just this community, but your community outside of this place? That's it. Food for thought. I don't, have a, I don't have anything to tell you other than that. But I want you to think about it as we go from this place into this week. Who have you shared Jesus with? Where do you have an opportunity to do that? Because Jesus is returning soon. Things will change soon for all of us in one way or another. What are you doing to impact the life of someone else in that way? Let's pray together. Jesus... Um, We just thank you that we can come together and meet. We thank you that we have a community of people that love each other so much, uh, that want to help each other uh, win our battles. We know that you go before us and we are transformed by the renewing of our mind, not just you renewing our mind, but us putting in the effort to draw closer to you, Lord. We thank you that you will not tempt us with anything that we can't handle. And so we just pray that as we go from this place and as we start to think about things that we can do in our lives, habits we can form uh, and build to draw us closer to you, that you would help us in that. That you would help us to to form new God-honoring habits in our life that draw us closer to you. We pray for each other that we would help each other. Even if we haven't been asked, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, how are you doing? And so I just pray as a faith community that we would uh, have the courage and, uh, and the foresight to be able to connect with one another and, and check in on one another. We love you and, and honestly, we love that you're coming soon. We're looking forward to it. We thank you for this time this morning and, and I just pray that uh, yeah, as we go from this place, you would continue to help us build new habits, new God-honoring habits. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks, everyone. Next week, Megan's bringing the word. It's going to be great. Uh, No park tonight. Two weeks' time, barbecue here. Bring your friends. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Good morning.